Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of uh, Canada CFO series on the natural food and wellness. Uh, I'm excited today on this episode to have Dan- Daniel Sennett as my guest. Uh, Daniel is is actually very, very unique. Uh, he's one, a chief financial officer of Hillal. However, he's also an entrepreneur. And since 2017, which he'll talk about uh, in the natural food industry called Bald, Bald Baker. Uh, and he has a very interesting story, story to share. And uh, welcome, Daniel, to the show. And, and I'm excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good okay. to be here. Super, super. So we talked a bit about before about, about you, your life, and, and you're very much a family man. You're a Scotch, enthous- in, Scotch uh, enthusiast. You like to drink Scotch. And uh, very interesting. So I want, I want to back up. I want you to share, you know, for, I like to know, how did you get involved in, in your finance person? But what happened that you got, uh, you became an entrepreneur, specifically natural? Tell, tell us your story. How, how did that come Best about? story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my story starts in 2006 when I met a girl, fell in love, and followed her to New York City. Okay. Um, I had always known I was going to become an entrepreneur, but never really had the right idea. So um, I worked for quite a few years in New York as the finance and operations guy that a lot of startups would hire to help them scale. Okay. Right. Uh, and that complemented where I came from. I went to Laurier. I have a business degree from there. Um, and I was just waiting for that aha moment. Uh-huh. In early 2016, I had the grandiose pleasure of informing my father that he was going to become a grandfather. Congratulations. In that moment, I also realized that he was never going to be able to share a slice of cake with his new grandson because he's a diabetic. And that's when all the lights went off. And I realized um, this is my aha moment. I need to create a sugar conscious treat company so that diabetics and people who really just care about their sugar uh, can enjoy a slice of cake with their grandkid, can go to a birthday party and feel like a human and not like an outcast. Uh, And so in 2016, the idea of Bald Baker really, uh, really was born. And I spent the next few years after that, uh, bringing it to about 150 stores. Wow. So when you brought to stores, who, 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 who had, who has, who had Bald Baker, who had it? So in our, in, in that's peak, we were in about 60 Sobeys all around Southern Ontario, wow. um, Metro, all the healthy planets. Um, you know, we, we had some pretty good distribution, but, you know, my advice would be to start off with the smaller sort of, you know, mom and pop type yeah. of natural health food stores, of which there are many, because you can always get your product on a shelf relatively quickly. They're always very receptive to in-store demos, and you can always meet your, your sort of your target demographic and have a direct conversation with them. It's free marketing and you may as well solicit their feedback. You may as well practice your pitch and you may as well talk, uh, you know, perfect your ability to get onto shelves because if you can get into one then you can get into three and if you can track and manage and distribute to three, then you can do 10. And if you can do 10, you know, you know what I'm starting to say? It, it starts to build on itself and you get, Small wins start to lead to big successes. So your suggestion is you start with the, the like you said, the Montpaw and break some, get some traction. Yeah. And get some ground. Get some confidence in yourself. Get some confidence. Get some confidence. And what if you're even a, you've been around for a few years, is, is you want to increase that, is keep going and keep going. 
you know, there's going to be a breaking point where you need what's called a distributor to be your intermediary. Yeah. Distributors have much larger relationships. And instead of being in 60 Sobeys, you're in 600 Sobeys. Oh, wow. I, I don't care how superhuman you are. You physically cannot deliver to 600 Sobeys, right? You may as well figure it out with the distributor, get a contract in place and get them to distribute for you. And you focus on product development, on branding and marketing and sales, which is where you started your company to begin with. Wow. So I want to talk about your company. And I'm going to ask you, is you're, you have a finance background yeah. and also an entrepreneur background and you did right. the company. How did, how did your finance background impact impact what you did at Bald Baker? How did it help you? What did you learn? The, I'd love the to hear earliest, the earliest advice very, that I was unique. given. That's very unique. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, everybody thought I was crazy. But the earliest advice I was given was you need to know your margins. And what I mean by that is if you're going to sell your product for $3, $2.99 at a store, you need to know that at least 35% of that's going to go to the distributor. And at least 35% of that's going to go to the store, right? So can you actually make a profit for yourself if you're selling at $1.20? That's a question you need to ask yourself because you're not getting that whole $3. Yeah. It's just not the case. So you need to know your ingredients cost. You yeah. need to know the value of your own time. And do you actually have money to put in your pocket after all mm -hmm. is said and done? And then once you account for the store and the distribution, and the packaging cost and the advertising and the branding and the marketing, you need to know your margins um, and you need to bake in, pardon the pun, uh, the ability for you to put money in your pocket, and food on your table. That's where my finance background came in. I knew how to plan that out in advance and produce to those margins. Do you know in the industry, is that a challenge in the industry in general? Do people? Absolutely. Like, is that a struggle? People may think they know, but really don't know. Is that, is that one of the... So the struggle becomes when, if you're, if you're selling a carrot juice, right, and it's the best carrot juice on the planet, and it's got this, the most polished marketing, um, on the one hand, you're going to say, well, I really want to sell this. I think the sweet spot's $5.99, right? That's the pricing strategy that I think I'm going to sell the most units at. But once you actually go back, backtrack into the costs involved, you realize you need to sell it at $8.99 for anybody to make a profit. Okay. And so now you have a real problem where you're $3 off your sweet spot. Can you sell at $8.99? Are you going to sell as many units as you need to? Maybe you're now a luxury carrot juice and that's a different branding strategy than your original. So there's all these decisions that you get forced into once you realize what your true costs and what your true margins are. Yeah, because that got it. Because you have the skill that you're able to do that based on your financial background, but a lot of creative people don't have that skill. So I want to talk about, how, uh, you know, obviously as you scaled the business and got in, I'm going to assume that production, you had to finance production and you had to generate, you bootstrap, you bootstrapped it, you bootstrapped your business, you bootstrapped it? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, I, I bootstrapped it with my own dollars to begin with. And then I started fundraising using as many creative means as possible. 
uh, to really get it off the ground. Share that, share that. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the things we needed, I, I realized pretty quickly, was a, called a flow wrapper. And I don't know if you can picture this. It's this long mechanical tank of a unit. It's about 40 feet long. And the first 25 feet of that are this conveyor belt. And you have a team of people placing cookies on the belt and another person putting a little insert in under the cookie onto the belt. And then it goes through this machine where it gets wrapped into an air sealed plastic container. A, a good flow wrapper costs about 60 to $70,000, but it'll flow wrap 80 units a minute, maybe even 100 units a minute, right? Whereas you hand stuffing a cookie, you're limited. So you need to make that investment. Yeah. We were able to find a used flow wrapper for about $20,000, which was great, but I needed to find $20,000. And I wasn't about to go ask mom and dad, that's not my nature. So we started a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, it's peer to peer. Today's Kickstarter is called GoFundMe. But there's a number of different platforms where you can raise money in very micro increments, right? Crowdfunding, crowdfunding, crowdfunding. Yeah. Exactly right. So we crowdfunded our our <laughs> flow wrapper. We raised about twenty five thousand dollars off the campaign, um, and that that to me was one of the largest um, single single most important learning opportunities for me because. I should have raised $100,000 because the amount of effort it took to raise 25 was the same. Um, but, you know, as a finance person, what I'll tell you is as, as long as you can play with somebody else's money, the more you can do that, the better it is. <laughs> when you have your, you know, it's important to have your own skin in the game. But what if you lose your skin? Right. So we thought the Kickstarter idea was a really good idea. People bought into it. We got it professionally designed so that the the brand exuded a degree of polish um and it was it was uh, it was a successful campaign what made it successful a lot of people want to go to kickstart they get nothing yeah so there's a couple there's a couple why of you tricks. why you yeah little trick yeah little tricks <laughs> a couple of tricks number one i mean you need to have your story right people there's a there's a, a speaker named simon sinek who gave a famous TED talk and said, people don't care what you do. They care why you do it. Yeah. And so for me, the story about my father being a diabetic resonated because if you can believe it, more than 50% of our population has diagnosed, undiagnosed or pre-diabetes. So if you look to your left and to your right, one of you's got some form of diabetes. Okay. Well, I just, and so that's, that story resonates quite a bit and people have grandfathers that want to have birthday parties and cake with their grandkids that, that story itself, it sort of sells itself, right? But you need to be able to tell that story uh, in a very polished way. And so I made sure that the Kickstarter campaign wasn't done by me, who's not a creative person, but I hired somebody and I paid the money. It was an investment for which I was expecting a return. So the Kickstarter um, page itself looked like, you know, pretty polished. Um, and then I seeded it myself with the first $5,000 of money because People have low risk tolerances. They're not willing to bet as a trendsetter, but they are willing to jump on bandwagons. And so if a person sees that a campaign is funded in the first day with at least 25% of the goal, there's obvious momentum. And so people are more willing to put in 18 bucks, 25 bucks, 50 bucks. Nice right? Yeah, exactly. And so that, that early success that I created almost artificially begat its own success from the public. And then once you see within the first seven days that there's a good amount of funding, 
I actually just found the head of of uh, food Kickstarter campaigns on LinkedIn and reached out to him um, and just made my case. And they featured me as one of the food top companies or whatever on Kickstarter. And so that got me to the finish line. So there's no doubt I was creative about the whole thing, but you have to be. Smart. If yeah. this is your company, what aren't you willing to do? But again, I think that's part of your finance background kicking in too. Yeah. Like, like part of that, you know, you're thinking about capital. Be aggressive. Be, you think aggressively raising capital. What other things did you do? Because again, that was one way. What else would? What else did you learn about raising more money, raising cash? What other? How did, else did you finance the uh, finance finance the business? So there, there's two. There's, there's actually quite a few avenues. If you're in Ontario or if you're in Canada, every layer of government has a degree of funding that's available. One of the tools that I took advantage of was something called Shred. It's an acronym. Which, to be honest, I can't, I don't know what it stands for. Scientific Research Scientific and research Development. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is that the Canadian government will fund innovation. So if you have an innovative product, then what you would do is you would apply for a, what's called a shred tax credit. And in our case, it was refundable. And so we went with, we, we Googled different um, service providers that would fill out the application for us. Yeah. And because we had a case based on the fact that, it, believe it or not, nobody is actually creating sugar-free cookies, or nobody was at the time, we were, we were creating innovation in Canada, and the government was willing to fund it. And so we, um, we were able to get quite a bit of our original dollars spent on R&D wow. and product development. And anything that was related to getting a product to market, we were get, we were able to get a good percentage of that back as a refundable tax credit. And they pay you cash. It's cash. They give yeah. you cash. You know. Yeah. So so how does one know? Because some companies might have R and D and not even know they have it. You know. What I would suggest is Google. Go on to Google and and type in S R E D, Ontario. And you'll find any number of consultants that are willing to speak to you for free and help you assess if you have a case to apply for. And if you do, the typical thing is that they'll charge you a percentage of however much money you get back. Okay. In your sense, if you don't know, if you have it, it's free money to you. So you may as well apply. Because Even if you have to, to give up 20% of it, it's still it free money back in your pocket. It applies to the packaging. It applies to the packaging too. Could be could be... Unique pack, eco-friendly. It can apply. It can it can go right across. As the long board. as you're doing something that's innovative. If you're if you're baking just another cookie, don't think you're being innovative. You're probably doing something that's delicious and will sell. But the government wants to fund innovation. Okay. okay. There's another program out there called Futurepreneur. Uh, it's a, it's a quasi public, quasi private entity. It's run in Ontario, um, but they'll do the same thing. Like they'll give you a very low interest rate loan. But more importantly, they'll open up a network of mentors, selling opportunities. Um, they'll they'll push your product so that they guarantee you sales. Wow, wow, wow. But they'll also make introductions. If you need a co-packer, if you need a distributor, like there's a whole network of people through the Futurepreneur program. I'm um, not to mention this low interest rate loan this that'll help you get off the ground. So okay, so getting back to getting back to your uh, your company. So you have, yeah. well, where, where are you at now with Bald, Bald Bakery? What's, what's, the, what's the legacy? What's going on now? With Bald, Bald? Right. The legacy for me is that I can look my kid in the eye and tell him not to be afraid of doing anything. Okay. 
If your heart's in it and your mind's in it and you're willing to put some work in, don't be afraid to start your own business. Don't be afraid to leap before looking. Have faith in yourself. If I accomplish nothing else, then the ability, the ability to look at my son in the eye with confidence and say that and give him the confidence to do that, then I consider myself a successful entrepreneur. Um, in March of 2020, an international pandemic hit yeah. and people stopped going to grocery stores. My two largest cash cows immediately shut down in March. And so the entities that were keeping Bald Baker floating uh, ceased to exist. Oh, I'm and you said earlier, you know, I'm a proud family man. More important than me having a company is the ability to keep my family fed and clothed and housed. And so I pivoted away from Bald Baker and I went back to my roots in traditional finance and, and um, sort of embraced my inner core as a finance professional and became the CFO of a nonprofit called Hillel Ontario. Um, Bald Baker right now is a part of my past and potentially part of my future. I do hope to one day get back to it and reimagine what its potential is. But um, for the time being, you know, I needed to make sure that the my bases were covered at home. And then I can get back to growing this as a small company. That's a wonderful story. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Daniel, before we head out, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience in terms of learnings? Um, again, the finance to anything else that you think is important that we can, we can, we can share. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Have confidence in yourself. doesn't matter what the product is or how it evolves or what it evolves into. Have confidence in yourself to be an entrepreneur, have confidence to fail and have confidence to acknowledge your successes when they come. And everything else will flow smoothly from there. That's wonderful. Daniel, that's great. Daniel, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much again. Uh, you're very unique. And uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we had this opportunity. And I wish you much success with your family. You have two kids. Two kids? <laughs> yeah. Two kids. Two. More, more on the way? More coming? Oh, okay. that's enough. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations on being a success and being a CFO of Hillel. That's wonderful. And I'd love to see Bald Baker come back. I don't know. Maybe I'm one of the 50%. I have no idea. I have no idea. That's an interesting statistic you just shared. That's uh, It's scary. Because I like my cake. Right. And you want to eat it too. And you should be able to. It's very, it's very addictive. It's very addictive. You know, yeah. and you have to really have. Anyway, that's another story. Daniel, take thank you care. for having me. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. And everybody in the audience, enjoy. And Bruce Singer, CEO of Canada CFOs, saying goodbye. Take care.